Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No Tom Jones today. I feel a little naked out here with you, Steve. It's, it's just not the same. Hey We've now. had three. It's a family well, show. I understand, but three straight shows. Tom Jones times three. We're going to have to uh, reel it back in and do the real thing now. That was fun. So with three shows, that means it's going to be like, you know, a year and a half now till we get them back? <laughs> hey, listen, um, I'm not allowed to speak on the issue, as you know, because of the NDA yes. that we both signed. But, um, but it was nice while it lasted. It was good to have TJ back. TJ now back to writing his newsletter about invasions by Russians uh, in Ukraine is just... Right back to reality for him, but, um, but man, it was fun to have him on. So I guess we'll have to uh, sort of power through, as we always do on this podcast with ourselves. Um, some news over the weekend. I, this was funny because sometimes these stories you chase and sometimes they just come to you. And um, just inside baseball, like I, I was texting Bruce Arians about some coaching stuff. And then some time elapsed and I was hoping to go for a bike ride. Something I hadn't done since like last, I don't know, August. Um, and so I'm literally on my bike thinking, this is great. Wife and kids are out of town. They're in Chicago. It's about 70 degrees. The weekend weather, by the way, could it have gotten any nicer than it was this past weekend? Perfect. Oh my gosh. It was, was it absolutely nice. gorgeous. Stunningly perfect. And on Saturday, it was almost a little cold. It was like the high was 70, you know, and not that I ride my bike very fast cause I don't, but, but still I had the long sleeves on, you know, and. I'm pedaling along, and I, I got my I got my little watch here that serves as as its own phone, I guess, Apple Watch, and I see this text come up, and it's from BA, and you know he was he was just annoyed by there's been these this sort of death by a thousand paper cuts ever since ever since Tom Brady announced his retirement for real, okay, not Adam Schefter, or Jeff Darlington, or you know Jason Lankenfora, but actually Brady announced it. People have bent themselves into pretzels trying to figure out whose fault it is. Let me just say this, you know, can the man not decide on his own, okay, without any bad vibes from anybody, that 22 years, uh, seven Super Bowl wins, 10 Super Bowls overall, two different teams, you know, leaves the league in pack. Can he decide on his own that he just doesn't want to play anymore? That that's okay. That's his decision. Does it have to be? We have spent the last couple of weeks trying to figure out whose fault it is that Tom Brady isn't going to play next year, and to the point where it has to be somebody's fault because some people are convinced, as Mike Florio is, are convinced that he is going to play, and that this is all just a power play to get him out of Tampa because things are so bad here between him and Bruce Arians. I, I've never seen anything like it. Like it's not like, I mean, this is not Barry Sanders leaving you know, after uh, way, way too many seasons prematurely, right? This isn't Jim Brown. I mean, this is, this is Tom Brady who played 22 seasons, and yet the fact that, you know, he's not going to play a 23rd one, suddenly something must have gone awry with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. I don't understand it. I, I really don't. But, but it, it, it really, this last one um, got 
<laughs> got Arians a little riled up, uh, to say the less, least. And he and he just the part he didn't like, and it started with this NFL player, Rich uh, Ornberger, who used to play for the Patriots. And and I don't know if he's in media at all. I think he does something in a podcast. Maybe imagine somebody like you know doing podcasts, but um, but but he's you know he he seems to be like he's tied in the NFL community. Well, he played with Brady, so Brady's texting him right and telling him. Uh, well, no, yeah, I mean that that's what you would assume, right? Like at one point he said he said that his his sources were impregnable. I think I said that right, um, which I. I haven't looked up that word. I'm not even sure what it means. Um, beyond reproach, I would imagine. But here, here's his whole thing was, and this is what he had tweeted sort of leading up to the weekend. He tweeted, apparently, while Arians was rehabbing his Achilles, because we know he had the, the partially torn Achilles, in the early mornings, offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich and Brady would work on the week's game plan. That's what he tweeted. Arians would later come in and take the red pen to the work they've done. The QB and OC felt undermined. There was tension. That's the one that got Arians, right? That he somehow undermined, was undermining Byron Lefwich and Tom Brady and taking a, I guess, a figurative red pen. Didn't really say if it was figurative, but a figurative red pen to, to you know, and, and, and crossing out stuff. So... Bruce kind of asked me, he was like, well, you know, I want to say something. And I was like, all right, well, I'll call you. So I did. And he was in Birmingham, and he, and he had, was having, getting ready to have a birthday party for one of his grandchildren. And he just, he just kind of had had his fill. And, you know, even, even his son, Jake, had, I think had, had told him, look, just don't, don't, you can't respond to all these yahoos, right? Like, people are going to talk. Everybody's going to have an opinion. Everybody's going to, some people are going to, either make stuff up or, or hear stuff from somebody and put it out there. It doesn't mean it's true, and it certainly doesn't mean it's coming from Brady. So if you respond to one, you wind up responding to all of them in some ways. Um, but Arians, this one, this one bothered him. And he was just kind of like, you know, it seems like there's one every day. And he goes, you know, everybody is speculating that he's going somewhere else, right? And he's like, that doesn't bother me. Like, they, let you know. They can they can do that. That's fine. This other BS, this relationship thing, he says that's so far fetched. And and I I will say, look, I'm not. I was never in the meetings with Tom and Byron and or Bruce. I know the coaches that work with Brady, including Clyde and others. And I think covering them for two years, almost every you know on a daily basis, if if there was some sort of schism, right that that enough to push Brady out of Tampa Bay and, and make him contemplate either quitting football altogether or maybe coming back on another team. If something was that bad, I think I would have heard about it, or I think his coaches would have heard about it. The only thing I remember, and it was a thing, was simply that, you know, in the, in the beginning of the first season, Brady was surprised when he got here that Bruce was not more involved in the day-to-day game planning. Right. But but Bruce was never going to be that guy in Tampa Bay. I don't think he'd be coaching today or would have come out of retirement had the Glazers not agreed. And they were surprised. But had they not agreed that Bruce didn't have to call plays. And, and one of the reasons he could coach was because all his guys were available to be rehired. 
Byron Leftwich was there. Todd Bowles was there. You can go right down the line. These are some of these men have been with him for 30 years, going back to Temple. So that's what encouraged him. He knew he could do this from a health standpoint, you know, because he wasn't going to stay up till midnight or 1 a.m. doing scripts. You know, scripts are your practice scripts where, you, you know, you, you, you have to practice so many, you know, situational uh, plays, right, down in distance, third and eight, you know, second and short, you know, coming out drills, uh, two-minute offense. So you script all the plays that you think you're going to run against this defensive front that you're going to face that week. And so you simulate that with the scout team. But it takes a lot of time to kind of wrap your practice together and try to get as many plays in two-hour windows as you can. And that was never going to be what Bruce did. So Byron Lefwich hasn't had much collaboration except with Brady. You know, Harold, Harold Goodwin does some run game stuff. But for the most part, it's Byron's deal. It's Byron's deal working with Tom. And they didn't really they didn't bump heads, but at 7-5, and five, Brady needed some different things to help Brady function, right? He was trying to run the offense the way it was designed, a lot of verticals. He was taking some hits, um, not much commitment to the run game. So he didn't, at that time, 7-5 and five, after, during the bye week, they weren't able to get together because of the pandemic, but he, he talked to Bruce for a while. And then you saw that the second half of the season, they added a lot more play action. They had a lot more pre-stamp motion. They committed to running Leonard Fournette, which was huge. They ran the ball more. They did things to help protect Brady and to make it more Brady-like, which is what coaching is all about. That's the only time I can remember like Tom being a little frustrated is that you know, things weren't going quite as well as they needed to go because he, you know, you're running out of season at that point. It's seven and five. You know, you can't you can't make the playoffs at 500. And then they took off one eight games in a row and won the Super Bowl. And they finished all really all three years that Byron has been here. They've been a top three offense. So that that part has not changed. And so, you know, for this guy to suggest Ornberger to suggest that, well, couple things, and, and Bruce spoke to this. He's, apparently, while he was rehabbing his Achilles in the early mornings, Bruce told me, he goes, Rick, I never rehab my Achilles in the early mornings. Like, and, it, and I don't subscribe to the, well, if one thing is wrong, then it's all BS. But that's a pretty big detail, right? Somebody, somebody told this guy with some detail that, oh, well, you know, the reason why Bruce wasn't in the game planning to begin with was he was rehabbing his Achilles in the early mornings. Not... Not if that's not the case, and I have no reason to doubt Bruce, then that's just wrong. I mean, Byron would get into the office at three thirty in the morning. He was that guy, you know. He 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 didn't want. He wanted to move on to the next day. He got there early. He did all his scripts and everything. Um, and you know, the, I mean, Bruce Bruce wasn't showing up at three thirty. So, you know, it, even if Bruce was rehabbing his Achilles, it, it wouldn't affect it when Byron was doing his stuff. Um, and then the other thing he said was, and then Arians would later come in and take the red pen to the work they'd done, they've done. And the quarterback and OC felt undermined. There was tension. I mean, according to Bruce, he says, you know, look, I, I didn't take stuff out of the game plan. You know, I might look at, at something and maybe add something or tweak something. He goes, I, we never, I didn't erase anything like that. That never happened. You know, and if he's talking about a real red pen, that never happened either. I assume he meant just sort of like editing. And he just said, you know, that's just such BS. And it, it really was what ticks me off. And he goes, you know, Byron could probably corroborate this too. Um, 
but that's just not the way it worked. And and so, you know, he, he said he would usually, you know, he might see some things in the game plan, might add some things. He thinks it's the best collaboration he's ever had on a coaching staff, ever, between coach and quarterback, um, quarterback and head coach and head coach, you know, all that stuff. And so it's it just the idea, as Ornberger said, that the retirement announcement wasn't because of the trouble seeing eye to eye on the offensive game planning, planning but the relationship was souring. I just don't know what that means. I don't. I don't know what that means. Well, the hard part is you don't know who who he's hearing this from. True. I mean, you know, the relationship souring. You know, I mean, I don't think Brady's the type of guy where Bruce Arians said, "Hey, this play was. I don't like this play," or took one play out or changed something. That Brady's going to be like, "I'm ticked off." Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. We remember the first year, you know, Bruce Arians, what, the first game or two, called out Tom Brady for bad passes and that. Yeah, yeah, and, and that and, was a thing. And Brady probably wasn't happy about it, but he also never a big boy, and he knows mm-hmm. he knows it's the coach, and that's what a coach does. Mm-hmm. And maybe he preferred not publicly in that regard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you never heard Brady complain. You never, you know, and, and Bruce wasn't doing that stuff. I mean – does the head coach have a right to change the play call? Sure, he's on the headset. Mm-hmm. He's you know he can game plan. I mean that's part of a head coach's prerogative. I mean ultimately yeah. they're the ones whose butts on the line too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it doesn't make sense. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not true, but okay. So you want to go somewhere else? You're just going to announce you're going to retire now. And try to force the Bucks' hands to trade you somewhere because you're under contract to the Bucks. It's not like you're a free agent. Not like you can go unretire in August and say, "Hey, 49ers or whatever team it is, I'm going to go play for you." Mm-hmm. You know, it just so you're going to tell people that your relationship soured and, and let that get out, and yet you're trying to force your way out of town. <laughs> I just. I mean, look, anything like people do talk for Tom and Tom has a circle. He doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't anoint anybody his spokesperson. Sure. But there are plenty of people around Tom. I've talked to them that will speak on what they think Tom is thinking. And sometimes I you know, you got to consider the source, but sometimes they they speak out of turn for Tom Brady. You know, I've had people tell me the quarterback is upset with you. And then I had people really next to the quarterback that says that's a bunch of crap. That's just not true. Um, so, you know, you got to kind of take all of that with a grain of salt. I want to get into sort of where I think Brady might have been annoyed uh, in just a second. But first, let me tell you about the 18th Annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Pete. Presented by RP Funding. It happens February 25th through the 27th. Uh, that 1.8-mile 14-turn uh, race track is uh, down on the streets of St. Petersburg. It circles Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center. For the Arts, the Dally Museum, and extends all the way onto the runways at Albert Witted Airport. For information and tickets, visit gpstpete.com. That's gpstpete.com. There was also uh, other stories, and Albert Breer was, was part of this, what he had said on the Dan Patrick Show, um, got some attention. Um, but there's been, you know, again, about going to – for the 49ers and 
and whatnot. Um, he he seemed to think that there were some things that Albert Breer thought there were some things that annoyed Brady. He used the word annoyed him. He says it wasn't the relationship was bad. Like he got along with Light and Arian's fine, but just certain things were really annoying to him. It wasn't as buttoned up. It wasn't quite as disciplined. Well, okay. Um, I can see where a perfectionist, somebody that had been in the Patriots system for 20 years, would find things to be a little more loose down here. And maybe not in a in a t- all bad way, because I think I think Brady actually wanted a change. I think he was mm-hmm. tired of being under the thumb screws of Bill Belichick. He certainly wanted to prove he could do it on his own. And and I think he embraced that there's more than one way to do it. You know, you have the like the, you know, the sort of taskmaster type coach up there in Belichick that controls everything that, you know, is the only voice of the franchise that speaks and everybody kind of falls in line. And then, and then you have Arians who is sort of beloved and he's kind of a caricature and he's, you know, smart as hell. And he's done this for 40 years and he sets the tone perfectly for the team, but he wants you to have fun. He's there's, there's a place for it, you know, and he does it through caring much like Tom does coach him hard, hug him up later He's a demanding coach, sometimes unfairly so. Um, you mentioned that that first game against New Orleans. I know that probably – I don't think Tom was completely caught off guard because he had talked to Peyton Manning and others that had Bruce, but it was the first time, you know, the, the people up in New England lost their minds. How do you dare question the great and powerful GOAT? You know, that's – the Belichick would never do that. Um, so there's there's a lot of that. But I think if there was one thing that may have at the end of the season – I haven't talked to anybody about this, but if there was one thing that may have annoyed Tom Brady, because Tom Brady is about winning. That's all he really cares about. At the end of the day, it's not the numbers or the yards he throws for. It's, it's, not, it's never been about anything but winning and winning Super Bowls. The rest of it, he's not in it for, you know, 14 wins a year and go home. Like he's, that's not what he plays for. So going back to Antonio Brown, um, you know, it was a very important part of the year. Uh, they had lost some receivers, or were about to lose some receivers, I should say. They lost them in the New Orleans game, along with Leonard Fournette. Um, and right after that game is when Antonio Brown was coming back. I, you know, Brown missed seven weeks because of the injury, as much as the suspension. He missed two two of those uh, weeks were for the suspension, and. Had he been able to play against New Orleans Saints, who won nine to nothing, it was a huge game for these guys. It could have could have affected uh, you know the Packers getting the number one seed. If he'd have played in that game, I think they'd probably win it. I really do, because they lost so many guys, and to have one more capable receiver, um, they only needed a touchdown. I know the Saints got a late field goal; they might have won that game. But I think you know when Brown came back, he was different, right? He was he was talking about his bonus money; he wanted it guaranteed. Um, I still think that, and I don't have any proof of this. I still think the Bucks encouraged and/or demanded that he pay the chef the ten thousand dollars he owed him because they were hastily trying to do that up until the day he came back from suspension. Um, you know, th- there were a lot of things, and, and Brown's attitude was different. He wanted his money guaranteed, the the incentive bonuses and all that. They wouldn't do it, so he was just different. And we know what happened, right? He came out against Carolina, got targeted eleven times or 15 times, caught 10 balls, over 100 yards, was really fantastic. Um, really the only receiver they had that was kind of healthy. And and then came the Jets meltdown. And 
It was on the same weeks the Bucks told him no about the bonus money. And it wasn't a ton of money, but it, you know they could have guaranteed it. But you know that's that's when, as Bruce Arians told us, he melted down at halftime. And then just the other day, you know, Brown in his Instagram posted an MRI of his ankle that was actually taken the day after he got hurt in Philadelphia. We haven't seen the one from seven weeks later when he was playing, but he seemed to run okay. Um, And he said a bunch of nasty things about Brady, about Arians, and about all of them. But I think when they got to the Jets game and he wouldn't go in the game, he was complaining like hell at halftime about not getting the ball, and he blamed Brady, blamed everybody for that. Uh, And when he wouldn't go back in the game and B.A. told him, and then that's it, you're done, get out of here. And he did this strip tease thing and, you know, that jumping jacks through the end zone and all of that. If I had to guess, because of the way the season ended, Brady probably wished that could have been handled differently. Now, Brown was clearly out of line doing the crazy stuff that he did through the end zone and all of that. But he needed Antonio Brown. And he needed him on the Sunday against the Rams. You know, he, he needed them against New Orleans when they lost 9 nothing and could have got could have got the number one seed in a bye. And and I think, you know, when you're throwing to Brashard Perriman for a touchdown to win the game in overtime, when you're throwing to Cyril Grayson to come back, you know, from a deficit against the Jets up there at MetLife, you got to be thinking, man, if I just had one of my guys to go with Mike Evans, if I just, you know, if I had Antonio, but we fired him and we fired him in the press conference after the game, you know, against the Jets, like first thing Bruce Arian said, he's done. He's no longer a buck. And if I had to guess, and I haven't talked to anybody, that probably really got to Brady because he, he had invested a lot in Antonio Brown. You know, he, he had stuck his neck out pretty long for him, and it had paid off. You know, he caught one of the four touchdowns in the Super Bowl, and he, you know, had no troubles throughout the eight weeks and all that. But – I think he probably wished that they could have found a way to calm Brown down, to let him finish out the season, and he could have been the difference in winning a Super Bowl. I think I think Brady probably believed. Now I'm again haven't talked to Brady, haven't talked to people close to Brady, but I kind of know that like I, I saw what was out there, and what was out there, no offense, wasn't good. You know what I mean? And and there were, you know the attention to detail hasn't always been what it should be down here in Tampa Bay. And I don't know if guys were, you know, not having good practices, if they weren't being held accountable. I don't know what that's all about because I'm not at practice. We see like, you know, 30 minutes of glorified stretching to be honest with you. But I, I do, I could see where Brady at some point would have said, geez, you know, we're in a, we're in the playoffs and these guys aren't buttoned up. You know, they really, they really aren't on the details. That could have annoyed him, and he could have blamed Bruce for that, I suppose. But this idea that Arians, you know, sort of chased him to an early retirement, first of all, there's no such thing. He's played 22 seasons, but I just think people are looking for the blame game. They're trying to figure out, I'm upset. He was great for two years. Now he's leaving. Somebody must be at fault. He must be leaving for some, some reason. And, and we don't want to believe his reason. It is funny because you look at, and granted, different and particularly the type of season they had, but mm-hmm. no one's blaming Ben Roethlisberger. Right. Now, granted, physically he's not the you same. You could see and, and he was he, done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he didn't have anywhere near the same season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and look, if Aaron Rodgers decides to retire this year, it'll be the same thing 
for that. It's everything that the Packers did to chase him away. And even though he yeah. said they kind of patched that up and, and they addressed a lot of his concerns last season. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, he's played 22 seasons. He's got a lot of other interests and a family. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe he's lying. It's possible. But, uh, you know, we know that, you know, Giselle has been pushing for a couple years now publicly. Oh, yeah. For him to retire. When have you, when when is enough enough? I mean, you know. Right. Haven't you done what enough? What more do you yeah. have to prove? What more do you have to prove? I mean, you right. know, she's been public in that. Uh, you know, maybe he is lying. Maybe he is pushing to go somewhere else. It's, it's possible. Sure, it's possible. But it doesn't, I, it just, this doesn't feel like, I mean, you know, is Brady annoyed by his boss at times? Everybody is. I mean, everybody's mm-hmm. got a boss that you don't agree with everything your boss decides or does or chooses. It right. happens everywhere. I don't I don't think that necessarily drives someone to quit every time. I mean, it, sometimes it can, but I, I just, everything that we've seen in two years here, I, I, I don't see that story being, I, I don't want to say, uh, very factual. I mean, you know, sure, has Brady been annoyed by his boss at times? I'm sure he has. I'm sure he was annoyed by Belichick at times, too. Well, he left there. I mean, they didn't offer yeah. him a contract. Yeah. So, but I mean, he kept resigning there, even though he was probably annoyed at times throughout the years. Yeah, I mean, he could have he could have not signed some of those contracts previously and become a free agent Absolutely. sooner. I mean, that mm-hmm. was you know he chose to stay there. Yeah, I, I it just doesn't it doesn't pass the smell test for somebody who was there every day and saw the relationship and you know who's to say the other thing that happened, I guess. You know, this week and and um, you know, <laughs> this was this was on uh, on Monday morning. Antonio Brown posted on Instagram uh, a, a copy of his MRI of his foot, which which goes back to October, by the way. It's like it was it was taken the day after the uh, Philadelphia game, so it was taken like October fifteenth. And when he did that, he he had a bunch of like comments, well, you know, weaved in there, and. He was like, yeah, sent me out there knowing I was hurt. Tom, meaning Tom Brady, said he would throw he would throw it if I came to play hurt. I came. He didn't throw it. Imagine being hurt, having to play through this, and being lied to. Okay, Tom Brady didn't lie to you, if that's who you're talking about. Because he's going to throw to the open person no matter who it is. And, and that's about the end of it. Um, does he have a lot of trust in A.B.? Yeah, sure he does. But to sit here and go, well, you know, I played and I did this, and then he had a bunch of profane things to add, you know, to the whole, you know, sort of diatribe that he went on. Coach said I couldn't run on this and, you know, get the blank out of here and, you know, um, blank all you blanks. He later took it down, which I thought was interesting. It's just gone. It's not on Instagram. But, you know, those things last forever, right, in the in – the, uh, they in do. The what? You can't just in, in delete the, those? No. In the interweb, as the kids call it, it's uh it's sort of there forever. Uh it's on a cloud, apparently. I don't know where that cloud is, but never seems to be too far from my house. So yeah, that that I mean, I'm we're still talking about Antonio Brown. And the whole thing with him Brown is that his lawyers hinted that he thinks, you know, they have some defamation suit because they called Brown crazy or they recommended, you know, evaluation or whatever. Um, so maybe this is all part of that, you know, Hey, remember me kind of 
you know. I'm sure his lawyers it. weren't really thrilled about that post and probably had They to take weren't, it and I think they made him take it down immediately. <laughs> right. Like, dude, you, you just admitted that you were more upset about not getting the ball than you were your ankle. You know what I mean? Like, that's their defense, not ours. See, our angle is you were hurt, man. You were hurt, and you weren't calling for the ball, but you couldn't go because you, you just couldn't go, and they fired you on the spot and then told the media the first comment afterwards. Like, that's our angle. Antonio doesn't listen to anybody's angles. Not to mention, if you've seen the man bouncing around of late, I think the ankle is definitely better um, because it doesn't seem like he's restricted in any way. But yeah, that that was a weird one just to see, you know, and the guy, he still he keeps himself in the news, man. He just has a way of, you know, jumping back in there and he had thrown some shade at Brady, then took it away and now I guess apparently that, you know, Tom must be at fault in some respects, but um I don't I don't know if he plays again. I, he's certainly not going to play here. Um but it is just, you know, it was just weird, man. He like I said, he had to take it down. So that that's kind of proof of it, too. All right, a little preview for you. We're going to have Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times. He covers, of course, college sports, but also racing. And that means it's a perfect segue to the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. We can talk about that as well as Daytona. The Grand Prix, of course, is presented by RP Funding, and it kicks off Florida's spring break season with some high-speed Excitement for race information and tickets. Go visit gpstpete.com, gpstpete.com. Another racing season starts in St. Petersburg, and we'll have Matt Baker with us to talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. And wrap up Daytona. And wrap up Daytona, which, man, Rusty Wallace, well, it's just like a nanosecond these days. These cars are so close. They're, you know, with their stricter plate racing and, you know, there's all the wrecks and everything, and these last, I don't know, half of the last 10 races uh, there at Daytona, I think, have ended up with the, you know, the two-lap, uh, you know, sprint, if you will. He was so close to winning, and he didn't get it done. But, you know, close doesn't matter, I guess. It's his first loser, as they say in Ricky Bobby. You ain't first, you're last. <laughs> That's right. Exactly right. Um, that, was, that was a fun race. Eric Amarola, I think, from Saint, uh, from Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. he, he finished in the top five as well. Yep. Had another good showing there. So that was fun. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, I wanted to talk about the what, what the hell is going on with the Michigan coaching uh, situation. And, you know, we talked about Harbaugh and that whole flirtation with the Vikings and then scurries back without a job offer like he expected to to Michigan and he kind of I guess maybe signed some kind of extension that's not mm-hmm. totally binding but has a, has a small buyout but then your basketball coach who was coach of the year I think a couple of years ago Jawan Howard you know the Fab Five all of that um exactly like listen, he's still in the Fab Five yeah right I I'm not surprised because it came against my wife's Wisconsin Badgers those guys are a little smarmy 
Um, but in the in in the handshake line, which which some people are saying they should get rid of altogether, um, apparently, was it they they were he got upset because Wisconsin was, called a timeout. Wisconsin called a timeout seconds. with like fifteen seconds, and it right. was basically to get a ten second reset. He didn't wasn't calling it to come over the sideline and drag yeah. out the game. It was a situational thing. Meanwhile, Juwan Howard had his team pressing down 15 or whatever it was in the final minute trying yeah. to make basketball play. So the Wisconsin coach calls a timeout to get the 10-second advancement, and, you know, it's a basketball play. It wasn't to rub it in, and Juwan Howard took exception to it, which, you know, he deserves every bit of that five-game suspension. Yeah, he's, he's, he's suspended now until the postseason, so it's five more games, right? Yep. Yeah. And you know and they're on lucky. the bubble for they're on the bubble for the tournament at this point. Yeah, you know they That's need not they need help. these games. <laughs> well, I mean we'll see. I mean how the team responds to it, but yeah, exactly. But an awful look, and he like I said, he deserves every bit of that five games, if not more. So yeah, it's uh, it's bad for Beck college basketball. You just can't see. You, you but, can't have coaches swinging at anybody. You, you can't, just but can't. But the Wisconsin do coach didn't do anything to warrant it. You didn't like the time he did it for a reason. It wasn't. It wasn't well, to rub it in or to sit there and let our players, you know, bask in the glory on the court for the, another thirty seconds. It wasn't. It was a advancement in the play as Juwan's Howard's team wasn't just sitting back in a zone, letting mm-hmm. the time tick off. They were trying to make basketball. I mean, you weren't necessarily trying to win, but you're trying to coach and teach and mm-hmm. and you know players play. I mean, you know, play to the whistle. Yeah, you don't like that they called a timeout in a situation like that. They don't get beat. <laughs> right. I mean. It's not my problem if your team sucks. Um, yeah. But but it yeah. was he wasn't doing. I mean, there coaches have done that st- stuff in the past where it's to rub it in or to make a point, oh, yeah. a statement. That wasn't what the Wisconsin coach did. And it was obvious in the game. Yeah, I mean, it it was there was no question about it. Well, Howard came at him, sort of pointing a finger and saying, "I'll remember this. I'm going to remember this." You know, sort of like you know, because the worm will turn as it always does in college sports, and mm-hmm. he's going to rub it in their face. Um, I think I think the Wisconsin coach was trying to grab hold of him and explain, "Hey, look, this is you know." Yeah, he said, "Here's what I, I here's what I did. What I did that now, I'm sure." But the, when he put t- his hands on him yeah. and with him in that particular temperament, that did not end well. No, that escalated quickly. Yeah, I'm sure the tones, you know, as someone saying, "I'm yeah. going to remember that," pointing at you. Right. I'm sure you weren't in the best tone, but no, no, but still, you can't do that. It's just it was darn near a melee on that court, man. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple of players got suspended for a game each, and. Yeah, because the Wisconsin they were throwing players hands. and two of the Michigan players got suspended. So, and I mean that's the thing as a coach, this is what you incite, right? You're mm-hmm. supposed to be the calm one. You're supposed to be yeah. the one that's a good sportsmanship and demonstrating for your players how you handle defeat. And you know, um, you congratulate the other team. Now, some people have said they should just do away with these lines. I disagree. I haven't given it much thought. I don't think it's necessary, really. I think the game's over. The game's over. Like it's not going to matter if they. But, but isn't it about the sportsmanship and about? Well, that's it. Because winning sports... grace, graciously and losing graciously. Yes, sportsmanship. Sports really is kind of short for sportsman mm-hmm. or sportsmanship, and you have to have you have to you have to exercise it. You have to demonstrate it mm-hmm. um, if you're going to be if you're going to be an athlete. I can't tell you how bad I wanted to win everything I did. I mean, I was a pain in the rear. I hated to lose anything, anything. Um, kind of always bid that way, you know. But at the end of the day, you got to suck it up, man, and you got to p- 
put your hand out and congratulate the other guy and move on. You know, that's that's sort of that's what that's what sportsmanship is. That's, that's what that we element. teach our kids. I mean, I, I coach my yeah. kids in in baseball and soccer, and mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter whether we if we won big, lost big, won by a hair. That's right. Walked it off or got walked off on. We tell mm-hmm. the other team good game. We, you know, it, yeah. it's it's learn how to win and lose graciously. Correct. No matter the circumstances. And college, college. I mean, what do we always say every year in the hockey playoffs? The handshake line's the coolest thing. It's the coolest thing in sports. At the end yeah. of a series where they just beat the hell out of each other <laughs> for four to seven games. <laughs> then they shake hands at the end. They do. You know, and that's that's what, it, this is sports. Yeah. You know, that's. You know, it sucks to lose. Yeah. And it's okay to be upset about it and, you know, let it drive you and push you, and, and that's fine. But to take it out on, you know, and, and particularly when, you know, that the, the Wisconsin coach guard didn't – there was nothing – there was no intent there to embarrass or show up. or I mean, that wasn't what he did. No. And it was obvious. Not... I mean, it you know, there yeah. have been times, that, you know, where coaches will do that, and, and that's pretty yeah. crappy. And, and – Saying something about it, I have no problem with that if it's legit. Yeah. No, you can call out that stuff, but you can't throw hands. You have to be an example for mm-hmm. your team and, and for college sports in general. It was just an ugly, ugly kind of look. Um, and one that uh, I think Howard's fortunate. He only got five games. And he's fortunate he's going to be allowed, if they get to a postseason, to coach in it, to be honest with you. Um, Big Ten's kind of all over the place in basketball this year, isn't it? A lot of good teams. Um, mm-hmm. They've been beating up on each other. So, yeah, that's that's what the problem is. The SEC has more great basketball teams than I can ever remember in this conference. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, and that tournament's going on in Emily yeah. uh, in a couple of weeks. That's going to be a great tournament. I'm going to do some of that tournament. You know that? I'm going to break out the hoops writing. Oh yeah, man! Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm Mr. Versatile. You know that? Uh, well, absolutely. That's what we all do. Do it all, but it's great. It's a great. I love covering it, and it's it's such a good sport. Uh, to watch it at the uh, at this level too, and a lot the SEC is loaded this year in basketball. Never seen anything like it. Um, but if you if you can't make it to the basketball tournament, how about the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, presented by RP Funding? It's happening this February 25th through the 27th. You can visit gpsaintpete.com, gpsaintpete.com for all your race information and tickets. All right, and speaking of the race, we're going to have Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times, who was over at Daytona uh, in the, for the 500, as well as he will talk about the St. Pete Grand Prix. And we're going to have a mailbag segment, of course, uh, later this week, but you can get your questions in now if you want to do that. Send them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay. For Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.